This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. This is it, Andrew. The big, the big episode. The big three, five, one. May yep. all acquaintances be forgotten. You know how the new millennium technically started in two thousand one. You're just still doing this, huh? It's like a I'm background. To... You talk, and I'm going to do the background. You do your. Bit. No, I, I'm asking you a question. Yeah, that, that you whole need thing. To respond yes. to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Boy, that there was good. no year zero. There was no podcast zero. Yeah. So this is So this is technically like an anniversary kind of Yeah, it's the three hundred and fiftieth anniversary of our first podcast. Yeah. Our week anniversary. Is that a thing? Yeah. Well No. Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew. We've been doing this for too long. Too long. I'm broken. And so is the name of this book that we read. Which is Breaking Dawn, the Twilight Saga book four by Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, sure. And can I just can I just say? Uh oh. I don't know. I I kind of like this one. Oh, I don't know boy. if it caught me. I don't know if it caught me on a good day or if it just. I do. I was really glad that it because the last one was bad. The last the one, third was, one bad. was bad. The third it was a pretty bad one. <laughs> yes. So this is our fourth time dipping into Myers' vampire verse, and um, I feel like we've had a pretty up and down. The last one was particularly bad. It was down. It was a lot of down on that one. Did we like the second one the most? I think we like, like the second one because we were that's when we became team Jacob. We yes, that's when we that's when we turned into wolves and became That's team when we Jacob. that's when we switched teams. Yes. And then you get to book 3 and Jacob milkshake ducks himself and he he's milkshake. just kind of a he, yes. gross boy. And then this one, I don't know how to categorize this <laughs> because it's like seven different books and it's doing so many different things. Yeah. Man, do you want to talk about the all the background stuff? We've talked about Stephanie Meyer a lot. She wrote a bunch of books about vampires. It's great. She's great. It's yeah. Great. So we have covered the first three in the series. If you do, if you haven't listened to those episodes or at least read those books, what are you doing here? Uh, we have a character named Bella and some dudes named Edward and Jacob, and she's in love with all of them. Um, one's a vampire. One's a wolf. And chaos ensues. Um, also, teen hormones ensue. So, um, what? Stephanie Meyer uh, published this book in August of 2008. Mm-hmm. It sold six million copies. That's a lot of copies. And it was... Um, so, she finished the outline of a book very similar to this one in 2003 when she was writing the first Twilight book. And it was originally planned as a direct sequel it's called Forever Dawn. Apparently, the manuscript to it exists somewhere, and Meyer has talked about it a little bit. Um, but 
you know, there, there were notes from her publisher. There were characters in the original Twilight who she was kind of intrigued by. And so the events of New Moon and Eclipse like were, were conceived after the original Twilight book came out. And then they went in between Twilight and this. But the, the broad strokes of this, I guess, were were established. Yeah, which... I don't think I don't Pretty maybe a long time ago. Yeah. Maybe I would have read this book differently if I had known about that going in. Well, cuz if if you read so in her frequently asked questions list, she has a list of differences between Forever Dawn and Breaking Dawn. Yes. And the vast majority of it is just like, yeah, I didn't I didn't the wolves were still there and they still do basically the same stuff. They just like weren't developed at all. <laughs> Yes. So if you show me a manuscript that looks like that, my first note as an editor is going to be like, well, why don't we get a whole nother book out of these dang wolves, huh? Because there's already so much going on in this. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, any of you who are familiar with the second book, you may remember that's when uh, Edward, for fear of, you know, hurting Bella because he's a vampire and they're in love with each other, he like just ducks he just leaves town and that creates a lot of space for bella and jacob to develop a friendship which again was not part of the original arc for this series Mm -hmm. um so yeah so this came out in 2008 as you said andrew that she had the bones of it in place from even the very beginning um bones and bones the undead bones um it was published it was not published it was made into a two-part movie in 2011 and 2012 in the great tradition of a book series becoming a movie series and then being like well let's break up the last one to make that extra well, book we're we're out of them we're yeah. out of books <laughs> but well we could use another we movie, haven't huh? yeah we sure could um when uh it did receive children's book of the year from the british book awards what are you doing british book awards <laughs> You're just trying to get you just trying to get people to talk about the British Book Awards because that, if so, I guess mission accomplished. Yeah, but I think this so. is not even if you consider the other Twilight books to be children's fiction, which I don't. I think they're pretty squarely YA. Yeah. Um, this is not. No. This is more. This is darker and more mature, which is why I loved it so much. Did you? I kind of liked it. Okay, okay, we'll get there. I'm gonna. You can interrogate me about this. I am. In, I'm, I'm, if we disagree, I'm glad about it. <laughs> okay. About it. Um, what else do we need to know? Like, there isn't as much interest. There's not as much like interesting publishing background in this, right? Like, she had a successful well, by, book yeah, series. She was gonna make it's... more books. Right. By the time you get to the fourth one, yeah, it's just like yeah, and then she did another one. Most of the stuff to know is that. The series was always going to end this way. Yeah. Which I guess if you, that makes something, it makes one thing in particular interesting, which we can talk about as we, as we move through the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can see why Bella's boringness and like relative weakness would exist in the first book. It, it makes more sense 
in a two-part book series oh. than in a four-part book series where point. she doesn't become a vampire till the last one. <laughs> so we can talk a little in a little bit more detail about that when we get yeah, going sure. in the book. But um, um, she did say she was asked. So some lot some of the stuff we're getting from her website, and she does an FAQ for every book. Um, she was asked, "What are you going to do next? Will you continue with the Twilight universe?" And she says, "I think I need a break from vampires." And I just wrote so down, you "Same and me lady, both. yeah." <laughs> um. She also talks about the cover of this book, Andrew. Now, you and I are probably reading um, e-editions, but... Yeah, I hate all the discussion about... I hate it because she's always like, huh, did you see what I did? Did you see the clever thing I did? And it's always the most obvious metaphor she possibly could have chosen. Yeah, wasn't one of them like an apple, and so it was about like knowledge and like forbidden fruit? Yeah, and then, and then she did the gender swap one, and it was an apple, but it was a green apple <laughs> instead of a red apple. Did you you remember that one? I'm I not making that up. That. Yeah, <laughs> this one is uh, a big uh, queen, I believe a white queen from a chessboard, because um, Bella is so, so dang white. Uh-huh. And in the back, there's like a pawn in the shadows, like a red pawn, and it's it's to symbolize Bella becoming a queen like moving from a pawn to a queen there's Mm. no chess in any of these books no one plays chess it's not a useful metaphor what well the final stephanie meyer has described (sighs) the final confrontation as being a chess like yeah okay she has Um, also talked about the final confrontation as being like a reference thematically to merchant of venice by shakespeare <laughs> because instead of fighting they talk their way out of it no what's the i think my favorite when she does a literary illusion i always like it because boy what is it here it is um yeah she she works she makes it clear that it's a merchant of venice thing by having a character tear a page from the book The Merchant of Venice and write a note on it and give it to Bella. Yeah. <laughs> so she's just making extra sure that you understand and what's going on. And she said that it was originally a book, a copy of Jane Eyre, but because Jane Eyre was unrelated, she changed it. You know? I think The Merchant of Venice is not <laughs> especially related. You know, like it's <laughs> so there is so the the one interesting thing about this book as it was coming out, it was you know that late aughts internet fever where love that internet books were coming out, people were crashing Barnes and Nobles's trying to get those books as fast you as they could. Stand in line, dressed as your favorite wolf, yes, or wizard, and so apparently or like your favorite, all the favorite vampires who oh have names God. like. Hank and <laughs> Shannon and stuff. I don't. Um. So there was apparently like a a tip line set up with her publisher, uh, so that they could like squash spoilers on the internet. Um. This is from her website, the from a blog around when uh, Breaking Dawn was published. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of spoilers, I want to ask you guys for a favor. As we saw with Eclipse, not to mention that last Harry Potter book, there is always the potential for copies to be leaked early. My publisher is doing everything they can to prevent this, but there's only so much that can be done. This is the favor. If someone, somewhere, somehow gets a copy early, I'm asking you to please not post any spoilers on the internet. 
and we scroll down. If somebody does post a spoiler, I'd love your help in getting them taken down. My publisher has set up a special email account for fans to alert us to spoilers that appear online. Please only send links to spoilers. Emails about events will not be returned. So basically, I bet they got a lot of emails about <laughs> non-spoilers. Who wants to be a spoiler cop for me? Please report your friends who got a bootleg copy of Breaking Dawn. Uh, and are posting about it on your favorite vamp, vampiresa-to-z.com forum post. Uh-huh. Uh, please be a cop on your friends. Um, there's also, of course, there's a Breaking Dawn playlist, Andrew. There's the requisite amount of muse that you might sure. expect. Is there, any, um, is there play and what temperature would you say that the play is? There's. I don't think there's any play. There's no Coldplay? There's no Coldplay. Oh, no. Oh, no, you're wrong. There's Coldplay. (laughs) Yeah, right. Jeez. You gave me a heart attack. I was so distracted by the... I was worried that there was no Coldplay. By the presence of Beach Boys, ironically. Well, what do you think the first one is, Andrew? It's Billy Idol's White Wedding. You know. (laughs) Because the book opens with a wedding. That's no, that's really that's a good one. Yeah, good, good, good job. I like um, in, in book three where there's just three muse tracks in a row because you gotta get a lot of muse in there. You got it. Last time we brew beer together, uh huh, which is the most 30 something year old white man thing that we both true. do. It's I true. think you put on the eclipse playlist, and there are phases of that process where just all four of your hands are busy doing something else and you can't change the music yes and so we're just like waiting for beer to slowly flow into bottles while like three muse songs right in a row play she <laughs> was pretty good I jinkies um every one of the twilight books in japan is split into yep. multiple volumes which are all given good names this one i feel like is a bit of a letdown compared to some of the others okay um so book th- this one's split into four books as opposed to the rest which were mostly split into three uh book one is bride of vampire that's okay it's pretty straightforward number two guardian deity of dawn Book three, Immortal Child. Okay. Book four, Embracing Forever. Okay, that's a good one. I like Embracing Forever. So I guess Guardian Deity of Dawn is Jacob? Is Jacob. And it could be like Harry Boy Watches My Family. Like, that would be pretty good. <laughs> or, or like, number three could be like could be like a, a Rob Zombie reference. It could be like Living Dead Girl. Like that would be pretty good because she's a vampire now. now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The l- girl who I am is a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> oops, I, oops, I have a baby now would be one of them, I think. What to expect when, <laughs> when you- you're expecting <laughs> a hybrid miracle child. So let's, let's talk about this book, Andrew. I'm intrigued... To find that you liked it, I don't know how I felt about it. So maybe by the end, I will too have liked it. Just like when you are drowning or like freezing to death, you know, like they they say that like they say that right before you just kind of you stop worrying about it, you get all warm and you just go to sleep. Oh, sure, yes. This is kind of 
reading this book and liking it is kind of like what I think freezing to death must feel like. (laughs) (laughs) There was an anesthetizing quality to the book, perhaps not unlike a vampire bite. That what like, do you, what explain more about where what you like that. you initially you're like oh I don't know about this book that's the part where the vampire bites you and then the venom works its way through your body and you just relax and you just well go first with it's it. it is fiery pain like you've never <laughs> known before in your entire life and then after that. It's like, hey, I'm strong now. I'm a strong vampire And it, it's worth noting before we dive in that, like, I think this of the four books was the one that got the worst reviewed. Like, there were more mixed reviews for this book, even as the series had, like, gotten props for what it was doing. Well, and frustratingly, on her Frequently Asked Questions page, she says, the, the question is, how do you feel about the Breaking Dawn controversy? And she doesn't... Is that explain what the controversy is? I think it's clear that the controversy was that people didn't all like it. I think that's the controversy. Based on her answer. It is. It's different from the other three Mm -hmm. in in ways that I mostly found interesting, if only for like variances sake. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Well, so let's. You want to get into it? Yeah. Yeah, let's get into it. We were talking before. That it feels like it's not quite two books, but it's definitely more than one book. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Tell me more about how you feel about that. Well, so it opens with the lead up to the wedding. Actually, it opens with Bella riding around on a sick ride and she's at a gas station and some dudes are like, can I take a photo with your sick ride? <laughs> and uh-huh. She's like, that's pretty cool. There, mm-hmm. We also get a snapshot of like there are posters around town. With Jacob's face on them that says, have you seen this boy? Which are pretty good. Right, because he got so sad. That he ran away. His rejection at the end of the last book that he ran away. Yes, he became like a wolf, like full time. You know, he's not part time wolf anymore. He's full time wolf. wolfing. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of agita of like, oh man, it'd be really nice if he came to my wedding after I told him I'll never be his boyfriend. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> she still wants to be his friend. Yes. But he did, doesn't want to be yes. her friend. And she feels bad about it. And he's being a creep about it. Uh huh. And basically, up until she actually is married, he keeps like holding out hope that maybe, just maybe, yes. things will work out. I... Mm. So the, the last book ended with a big fight with some rogue vampires. Um, some like newborn some vampires. newborn monster vampires, and they f- the the wolves and the vampires teamed up to fight them. The Italian, the evil Volturi Italian vampires showed up and were like, "Good job, everybody. See you later." Um, but really, they should have shown up before they did. And what's their what's their angle? You know? Yeah. What is their angle? We don't really know. Um, and so she's gonna get married to Edward. Uh, I think they're gonna run away to dartmouth <laughs> like after well so the the plan was to it, okay so every vampire who's turned usually needs a period of around a year before they can even like be around start to yeah. be around humans again without wanting to kill them like jacob's not jacob's edward's family is vegetarian which in vampire terms means they just drink animal blood like angel from the show angel Yes. Rather than drinking human blood. That's true. But it's just, it's hard. It's hard to do. Um, so 
Yeah, they are. I, I don't know if they were actually going to go to Dartmouth or if that was just like a cover and they were going to go hide up in Alaska or something. But yes. Yeah, the plan was to make a cover story for Bella so she can get turned, which Edward promised to do to her. After they get married. Right. Yeah. So we go through the wedding. Everyone's there. Um, they break the news to Charlie, her dad, that they're getting married. He's like, ha, 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 you have to tell your mom I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and her mom is like oddly cool with it. Because she's like, oh, Bella, you were always going to be committed to someone. I could see that in your bones. Have a great time. Because well, um, apparently her mom's whole thing is don't get married at 18 because you'll just end up divorced like me. Yes. But, <laughs> but with Bella, she's Bella, like, no, But it's because fine. Bella is an old soul, apparently it's sure. fine that it happens. So they have a, a cool wedding. Um, there are a bunch of random vampires there, that some of which we've met before, some of which we have not. Um, and honestly, if I, I if you put a gun to my head, I could not tell you which of these vampires we had met before. The ones that are important that will come up again later are the vampires that go and live in Denali, like in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanya, Arena, and Kate. Uh, their mom was part of a group of vampires that made some immortal children, which are like you make kids into vampires and then they're they're out of control and it was like a huge scandal in the vampire they community. never grow up yes and so their mom got killed by the italians for making an immortal child um, do you think that they were called the mount mckinley vampires for a long time <laughs> but then their name got changed it's probably true Yes, I think that's right. Um, right. We don't get really into whether or not vampires participate in the in the United States political system. I would like yeah, to know more. They can get documents and stuff, but are vampires voting? I feel I don't know if we've had this conversation before, but are they are they citizens? Quote unquote. They go to public school. Some of them. They do go to public school. So hmm. I bet hmm. they pay taxes. What if they don't and they're just mooching off of hardworking American taxpayers like you and me? Well, then I now have a lot of questions about the rich people I see in the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Jacob does show up to the wedding, um, and he like hang. He's like walking out, like he's in the woods, like on the on the outskirts of the wedding like reception. And Bella, this is like classic stupid Twilight cliffhanger <sighs> garbage. Is garbage that is. At the end of book three, oh, Jacob runs away forever, and it's going to be this huge thing. And then at like the first major plot event, he's just like back, and it's fine. Yes. <laughs> what are you doing, bud? And her first reaction, which just sums up what I don't like about Bella, is I'd never done anything good enough to deserve a friend like Jacob. And like on the one hand, you do treat Jacob kind of like garbage. But also, your self-worth is negative 5,000. So I mean, d- didn't you feel that way when all your friends who you invited showed up to your wedding? I've never done anything good <laughs> enough to deserve these people at my wedding. I don't know that I felt like that. I just felt so lucky to have them. I didn't feel like... Because you're such a piece of trash that why, you know, why would yes. you... You're really lucky that all these people have not figured that out yet. Sure. I guess I'm a piece of trash. Maybe you're right. Mm. I just mm. hadn't. You're just a big stinky trash boy. I just haven't. There haven't been four books of me calling myself trash relative to vampires to make me frustrated with it so far. That's all. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um. So she's talking to Jacob, and she 
says to Jacob that she's going to have a quote-unquote real honeymoon with Edward. <laughs> and we all know what that means. Because Jacob flips out and says, boy, yo, 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 yo. you can't have a real honeymoon with your vampire, so why go through the motions? And she says, yes, I can. I can do anything I want. And he goes, what do you mean? Have a real honeymoon while you're still human? They say the words real honeymoon like 10 times in two pages. And we know they mean sex, but no one wants to say it out loud. And it made me so angry. So, <laughs> Jacob leaves. Well, he gets, he gets again. super mad. He like he gets very upset because he's worried that she's gonna get killed during sex. That's his thing, I guess. And also, he's kind of mad that it's not him. Still, well, there's that too. Um. So Bella and Edward go to a special honeymoon island. Yes, named after Edward's mom, <laughs> I <think>. Isle Esme. <laughs> And they go through the motions, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Now, it's it's like there is a beat that I appreciated that well, it appreciated in context of this book. And so, like, we've talked before about how the vampire stuff has read in a in a messy way as like an analog or a metaphor for abstinence. Right. And like uh-huh. sex in general. Um, does it change you to have sex with a person? What is that all about? So there is a beat before they're about to do it where Bella is like, how did people do this, swallow all their fears and trust someone else so implicitly with every imperfection and fear they had with less than the absolute commitment Edward had given me? Um, and she's basically like, how, do any, how does anybody have sex? How do people bone if they're not if married? If it were Edward out there, if I didn't know in every cell of my body that he loved me as much as I loved him unconditionally and irrevocably and to be honest, irrationally, I'd never be able to get up off this floor. I think she's like, and then she said, and then she says, but it was Edward out there. So I whispered the words, "Don't be a coward," under my breath, and scrambled to my feet. Bone me, you coward! Um, and so they do have sex. I, I appreciate that, like in the context of this book, that they do have a moment where she's just like, "Okay, I am going to have sex, and how do I feel about it?" That seems of a piece with the rest of the stories, um, in a way that that actually, I guess, serves them. But, um. They do have sex. I think he, like, does he break the bed this time? He doesn't break the bed this time. He does, like, bruise he the crap out of her. he tears up the pillows yes. this time. And she gets, there's feathers everywhere. And she gets, like, a bunch of bruises. And she wakes up, and they both are sad about it. Like... Well, because she is happy about it. Well, sure. So this is, this is classic Edward Bella nonsense, also, is she is happy about it. And he's morose about it because he believes that she can't possibly be happy about it or that she's too like too dumb or limited to (laughs) not know why she should be sad about it. And then that makes them both sad about it. Yes. And they can't really talk about it because they don't really know how they don't believe each other. He then spends like a week. Well, and this and this is this is important for later in the story is. Remember, Edward has mind reading powers, but Bella's mind is the one that he cannot read. That's true. Okay, good point. Because, yeah, he can't know her true thoughts. This comes yes. back thematically like 100,000 times. I, I, yes. Okay. Um, what? I, I would I would pick a bone with it coming back thematically. I actually think that's a weakness of the series that we can talk about when she goes full X-Man later. Um mm-hmm. But 
he spends a week like making her like go scuba diving and hiking and stuff so that she will be too tired to have sex because he doesn't he's scared to vampire her body which is totally like a totally healthy way to spend your honeymoon yep uh-huh and she finally um like bribes him and he's like if we she she's basically like if we have sex i will stay human for six months and go to dartmouth <laughs> which what are we doing what are we doing? Just begging, just begging for that. I don't like bargaining for that stuff. It's not. I couldn't healthy. tell if he was. I couldn't tell if he was moved by the tears trembling in my voice, or if he was unprepared to deal with the suddenness of my attack, or if his need was simply as unbearable in the, that moment as my own. But whatever the reason, he pulled my lips back to his, surrendering with a groan. Oh no! So they do have sex again. Oh, yeah, and then he breaks the bed. Yes, and he learns that, like, he's getting better at, like, dialing it back. Controlling him, his his body. Yes. Um, yeah. So then, like, we get, like, a little scene where, like, the domestic crew comes by and is, like, definitely knows he's a vampire but can't say anything about it. <laughs> um, and they also get freaked out by, like, the broken bed. And then Bella is, like, hyper-aware that people are looking at her, and she looks in the mirror, and oh, dang, she's pregnant. Oh, dang. She got a bump, and she's just been, like, eating all these eggs. She's, like, so hungry, and she just wants to eat eggs. Oh, she eats some, like, she has some bad dreams and then eats some chicken and is like, I got sick from these bad dreams and this chicken. (laughs) No. Yeah, she makes herself some chicken, and she eats it, and she's like, ew, this chicken is gross. Ew, no way. And she spits it out. She assumes it's bad rancid chicken. Sure. But really, she's pregnant. Right away. And things take quite a turn from here. Yes, she does. Because she gets she gets pregnant very fast. She, we just did a book about pregnant. Uh-huh. And <laughs> pregnant <laughs> is different. Doesn't go that fast. In this one. Um, she does remember the research that she did on vampiresa-to-z.com. And she remembers things called succubi and incubi, which are like demons that could impregnate people. And she's like, oh, man, maybe vampires could get me pregnant. So the the way that we puzzle this out and 70 Myers frequently asked questions list has like a really, really in-depth, like multi-paragraph explainer about Mm -hmm. vampire fluids. It's not great. I don't care for it. But essentially, so when you are a woman biologically and you're turned into a vampire, your like menstrual cycle basically stops like you're you're immortal. You stop aging. And because, you know, because having your period, because that releasing that egg is a timing and age based thing, it just doesn't happen. Yes, correct. And a man vampire like Bella Bella herself is like well dudes can get women pregnant like pretty much until they die <laughs> so <laughs> but it it it's not a static like bi- like biological time based thing yes but you know vampires don't often bone down on humans yes because who then who then live to tell about it because it's just, it is hard, it's very hard, and we find out later how hard it is in a way that I think is kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of retroactively 
justifies some of the dumb stuff that th- these books have done, but it talks about how hard it is for vampires to be around humans. Yes, it leans into the fact that Edward and his family are like very abnormal for vampires in that they don't eat humans. They can resist their urge to just like eat the crap out of humans all the time. So the idea that any vampire would have sex with a human is really unbelievable. I I would think that in the history of there being vampires, this would have maybe happened a few more times, uh, that maybe some more people would know about what to do. Um, but everyone, including Dr. Vampire, Mr. Carlisle, seems kind of <laughs> seems kind of confused by the whole thing. So they bring her back from Brazil, and their plan is like call her dad and say that we're taking her to the CDC in Atlanta. She's so sick, <laughs> she, and you can't you can talk to her on the phone, but you can't come see her. She's so sick. Trust us, it's fine. She got Brazil disease or whatever, and she can't You're, come. Your weird new in-laws and this guy you've always suspected of having weird intentions got married to your daughter and then immediately told you that you couldn't see her again because sick? Because sick. Because sick. Oh, man. So sick. And then the book does a thing I did not expect it to do. This was a, a legit surprise for me. We jump cut to Jacob's perspective. The Guardian of the Dawn or whatever it's Boy, called. And listen listen here, man. I'm closing in on the end of book 11 of The Wheel of Time. And the perspective shifts on average like once every three paragraphs. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Meyer could have. It's it is not a. It's it's a well used like well established thing that you do in fiction is to have multiple multiple perspectives and she waits till now to do it and it just feels wild that it took this long. Yeah, well, and because like, I do I do think that getting the world from the perspective of the monsters in it does make it more interesting and more understandable in a way that makes me wish that we had gotten more vampire via POV more werewolf pov like experiencing everything through the eyes of a human who is always basically one decision away from dying yep makes the world flat in a way that makes it kind of boring yes i concur but i kind of enjoy being in jacob's head i did i'm not gonna say i'm back on team jacob but i didn't mind it jacob makes a decision that that will prevent me from ever getting back fully on team team jacob but i did enjoy this part of the book more than other parts of the book i think the so what happens what's happening in this big section is that like he's still around forks and la push which is the like the reservation that his people are on and quillutes what the quillutes yes yes um and it's a good cut because, like, okay, now Bella is, like, dying from pregnancy, from vampire pregnancy. So, like, if we were still in her head, it would just be chapters upon chapters of ouch, ouch, ouch. Oh, this sucks. I'm I thirsty for it's blood. Bad. Yeah. And so we cut to Jacob, and he has to, like, he's, like, dealing with uh, the fact that Bella is off he is waiting for news that she has like quote unquote died in a plane crash or something. Yeah, right. He's he's expecting a convenient excuse for Bella's human relatives to never to expect never to see her again. Yes. 
Um, we get a scene where he's hanging out with his buddy Quill, who's the one who imprinted on that person's daughter, <laughs> which uh, is weird. Baby daughter. And he's just like playing with a four-year-old and everyone knows that when she grows up, they're going to get married, I guess. And listen, it's, you know, he just, the, the imprinting process just means that the person who has imprinted upon the other person just wants to make them happy. That's all it means. And so it's not going to get weird and sexual until. It's legal. (laughs) Well, is it going to be legal though? Because people's. People's sexual awakenings are yes, that's a good point. That. But also, the yeah. werewolves don't age once that when they're like in werewolf prime, they age slower. So maybe that makes right, it okay. No, well, it doesn't I mean, make you're it. You're still okay. gonna get. You're still gonna get to a point where it's like a twenty-year-old and a thirteen-year-old. Yes, and it's like waiting until society catches up. That's bad. That's bad. Or will or will you? Because your entire like biology has been rewired to just make this one person happy. Oh god. I don't like the werewolf imprinting at all. Also, yeah, here's it's an, no good. Here's another reason why I don't like the werewolf imprinting. Her touchstone for it, Myers, she has said is Midsummer Night's Dream with the potion that makes people fall in love with each other at first sight. Um nothing good comes of that. That whole play is people being forced to be in love with each other for jokes. And no one's happy about it except for a dude they leave in that because he's a jerk and they never take the spell off of him. And I don't, I've never felt good about what they do to Demetrius in Midsummer Night's Dream, even though he sucks in his hole. Shakespeare's pretty good about that. Well, you just made a big cuss on our clean podcast. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was just moved to anger about it. To cuss. Yes. Anywho. Um, I don't like the Demetrius thing. It's bad. It's bad. Anyway, I don't like the imprinting, and but we'd have to have this scene because it's going to come up later. We have to have this scene where Quill is hanging out with this baby or whatever. And Jacob is also to like... To just like prepare us for it not to be weird, I that's guess. That's the goal, I guess. He also, whenever... Even it still is definitely weird. Whenever he turns into a werewolf, he logs onto the werewolf internet, and everyone's like, oh boy, the sad boy is logged on. Like, he's here to mope. About. Do you think I I want whenever a new like when, whenever a new mind thought <laughs> is shared on the werewolf internet I wanted to make little like aim noises <laughs> like <laughs> yep uh those are the aim noises I do <laughs> like the wolf stuff in general it feels more inventive I know that there's a that there's like there are valid questions of appropriation of native culture in in what she is depicting and what she has tried to do but in terms of the supernatural stuff of the werewolves what happens in this book i kind of like i think the it internet is, is actually really it's an interesting analog for the werewolf thing right because okay so when the book starts um sam is the leader of the, he's the alpha of this werewolf pack mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all the werewolves in a pack can talk to each other like telepathically but the alpha has this unique ability where if he says something in like a certain tone of voice, then nobody can like help but resist obey that yes. order. Yes. Um, but Sam is only the alpha because Jacob, who like threw blood and whatever, is supposed to be the alpha. Like Sam's only the alpha because Jacob didn't want it. Correct. And 
so they are there. There's this treaty with the Collins. We've talked about it a little bit before, but like the werewolves and the Collins are cool with each other, but the Collins aren't allowed to kill anyone. Correct. Um, and there has been some tension for a while now about whether turning Bella into a vampire, Bella who wants to be turned into a vampire, counts as killing someone. And so between that and this weird pregnancy thing that nobody quite knows what's going on. The werewolves led by Sam decide, okay, treaty's over. We're going to go kill all these vampires. Correct. And Jacob decides, no, I don't want to. And in doing that, in making that decision, he becomes another alpha himself. He resists. Yeah, they start like a wow raid where they're going to like planning out who is going to attack the house from which direction. And like Jacob's going to lead one group of wolves. And he's like, nah, Sam, I'm not doing it. And yes, in that moment, he becomes his own alpha. And then, so so he runs off, and and joining him are Seth, who I think is the the werewolf who like stayed with Edward and Bella, like up in the yes. blizzard. He's when become they were good friends with this, them. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a he's an actual pal of vampires. And then Leah, who is the only girl werewolf, only one they've ever known, and she was in a relationship with Sam before he imprinted. I think on her sister or on. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. And and so she has been, she has had to just stew in that for for months and there's months a- and months, which sounds like it kind of sucks. And also there's a there's a thing where um Sam says, Can it guys? Uh we fell silent and I felt Leah's wince at the word guys, touchy like always. And so she's getting a lot of that like Oh my god! The 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 many many microaggressions that come with being a woman in a man's space. Yeah. Well, you know? and later, <laughs> one she is um, she is talking about Bella's pregnancy and how one of the vampires, Rosalie, has really taken to Bella. Jacob isn't sure whether or not to trust her about it because Rosalie clearly is sad that she's a vampire because she can never have kids. Like that's and she's she's the one who tried to talk Bella out of doing it yes. by saying like I I didn't want this. Yes. So let me explain to you my side. Of the so story. she's gotten yeah. overly protective of Bella, and Jacob of, of course is like maybe you just want the kid, and maybe it's fine for you if Bella dies. And Rosalie is honestly like probably like yeah whatever. Yeah. Um. But Leah kind of herself feels like she is a a dead genetic line has some misgivings because about she, it. Yeah, because no no one is imprinted on her. She is not imprinted on anyone. Like yep. this very important part of the werewolf like pairing off process. Yes. Has not has not happened. And so there's even like little bits where like she is talking about her own transformation or I guess Jacob's reflecting back on it of like her being on the mind call, the mind Skype call with all these boys <laughs> the who mind are in Skype who are like, "Oh, that's what you're thinking about when it comes to like menstruation and stuff. Like it's just like they have never been in the mind of a girl or a woman before. And it's just like revolutionary. And, and for many of them, a thing that they don't know how to handle Um, that part. I kind of dig that. That's I like, I think Leah is one of the more interesting characters in the book. She is interesting. We don't get quite, enough of her no no no, but if but if there were to be more twilight books i think that meyer has enough you know fertile narrative ground to to go out and and branch out and do some stuff that's not that's not especially bella centric and fans would probably read the book 
looking for those like two or three subtle references to Bella and what she's doing, but it's a book about somebody else. But to get back to the internet thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. So Jacob's formed his own pack and Seth and Leah come and join him and they can all talk telepathically, but they can't talk to the wolves in the other pack telepathically. Yes. But then later in the book, alphas can talk to each other telepathically. Uh So basically what we've done in this book is we go from like werewolf ARPANET where it's just like one contained network of computers to this other thing where you've got two networks of computers that start to talk to each other and we're discovering how they can share information between each other. Yes. Establishing a worldwide web (laughs) of werewolves, basically. (laughs) www.com. Twilight.com. Uh-huh. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like that stuff a lot, actually, because they they do explore what it would be like to not so that they can hear each other when they're in wolf form. So it's like they always log on when they turn into wolf form. And right. they explore the ramifications. When you, when you log off, do you think you hear that little door slam and sound? Um goodbye. There's probably a bunch of people out there who don't know what we're talking about. Could you? What if you could customize your wolf log off sounds? That'd be pretty good. Or your login, and it goes, "Ooh, that would." (laughs) They could tell whoever like the new wolves were because they were all the ones who had like "Ooh" sounds. Who had all the default like the egg avatar? Or someone's login is like werewolf in London or something like that. Um, But I thought that stuff was kind of neat. They they. She does explore a little bit through Jacob's psyche, like what it is to be connected to people at all times like that and how that would be a burden and a gift and and kind of weigh on you at times. Well, and we, and we get a different perspective on his attraction to Bella specifically. Yeah, yeah. So she is going through this like body horror pregnancy where she has got this. Who knows what inside her? Yeah, because no one knows what is, it's going to do. That is yeah. draining her and like kicking her rib cage apart. Yes, uh, Bella's body was swollen, her torso ballooning out in a strange, sick way. It strained against the faded gray sweatshirt that was way too big for her shoulders and arms. The rest of her seemed thinner, like the big bulge had grown out of what it had sucked from her. It took me a second to realize what the deformed part was. I didn't understand until she folded her hands tenderly around her bloated stomach, one above and one below, like she was cradling it. I saw it then, but I still couldn't believe it. I'd seen her just a month ago. There was no way she could be pregnant. Not that pregnant. And then... um. This is during the the, bor- the birthing thing. Her hand came down on Bella's stomach and vivid red spouted out from where she pierced the skin. It was like a bucket being turned over, a faucet twisted to fool. Bella jerked but didn't scream. She was still choking. And choking on like a big bunch of blood that she had vomited. Yeah. It's- like it's, it's, it's really like alien-esque yes. this thing inside, in, inside her. There are two... Um- but, but Jacob is... Through this whole thing, Jacob is drawn to her, like e- even more so than than usual. I think, like like beyond the normal, like oh, I wish I could get with you thing. Like, yes, he, he feels this need to be near her in a way that he doesn't understand. Even yeah, yeah. So there are two Edward moments I want to make sure we don't miss, and one is actually like before the pack even learns that she is gonna have a kid. Um, they are worried, like Edward and Carlisle are so scared about this 
this unborn baby that they're like, we should just like get it out of her and kill it. Like, we don't know what it's going to do. And Rosalie is protecting her and doesn't want anything to happen to her. Um, at It reaches such a point where Edward proposes to Jacob, hey, Jacob, if she really wants to have a kid, um, let's just get rid of why the don't, one that's why in don't there you do it? and yeah. you can do it. <laughs> Edward at one point opens a chapter. I felt like, like, I don't know what, like this wasn't real. Like I was in some goth version of a bad sitcom, which is a bit of a cell phone. Stephanie Meyer. Knock on our door. Um, which is a, just a wild proposition that gets solved a few pages later when Bella's like, no, nah, I'm going to keep this kid step off. Um, but Edward is, he doesn't know what to do. Um, the other thing is when she is close to delivering the kid, she has started like drinking blood because it makes the 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 fetus feel better. Yeah, like she she is on death's door. Food is disgusting to her. They can't figure out what to give her that's going to help her out. And then she, I don't know, I don't even know who has the idea to give her blood. Like maybe it's Jacob, but yeah, maybe I don't. Remember. It's it's like the one thing they haven't tried, and so they because Carlisle is a doctor, he can just get donor blood, which feels pretty illegal yeah, just to like appropriate got, donor blood so you can blood. drink it. Yeah. Yeah. So she starts drinking blood from the hospital like Capri Suns basically. <laughs> and so she starts feeling better. And and yeah. Then Edward pauses when they're hanging out together and he goes, "Wait, did you just say something?" And she's like, "No, nah, I didn't say anything." And he's like, wait a second. And he puts his head next to her belly. And he is listening to the unborn vampire. Which is just... Uh, I do, My notes in that part of the book just say, no, thank you. That's, I don't know. I'm still waiting on... I'm still waiting to feel that kick. Like I feel like I'm in Inception. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the kick. I can't... I haven't felt the kick yet. So like, if, if you are telepathic and supernatural... I guess being able to hear your unborn child's thoughts is like waiting to be able to feel the kick. I guess. But Susanna can feel the kick. Yeah. He didn't he didn't seem totally he seemed surprised by it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you communed mentally with your forthcoming spawn? Sometimes I play Susanna's tummy like a drum because it sounds like a pumpkin now when you when you smack on it. What song? It's like it's not, it just sounds like a like a gourd. Like it's got that. Ho- it's like substantial, but still kind of hollow sounding. You know. Yeah. I'm not playing in particular songs. Okay, I was gonna like, ask, but that sounds pretty rad, though. Just like that sounds like the, a the like the drums from the Donkey Kong a Country fun song. New stage in your yeah. relationship that you're in. Um, so there's so she has the baby as the you weirdest said. Stomp the yard show I've ever seen. <laughs> Do you see that new Blue Man Group show? They just brought out a pregnant lady. It was really bizarre. Um, she has the baby. She dies. Um, she is dying. It is not a boy as she thought. It is a girl. She names it Renezme. Well, okay. So let's talk about what she was going to name the boy, which is EJ, which stands for Edward Jacob. <laughs> No, I thought so it was not, not even going Jr. for No, it stands for Edward Jacob. Shut she up. says. No, she says. That stinks. I missed that. No. Search. 
Oh, it's it's a it's a subtle drop. No, I hate when but, the beat is subtle. But you but you think you know she leads you to believe it's Edward Jacob or it's Edward Junior because she only talks about, um, she only talks about it being named after Edward. But no, this is in her transitioning to a vampire phase where she's wondering what happened to her child. Oh, um, I struggled automatically to protect my womb, my baby, my little Edward Jacob, yeah. but I was weak. <laughs> Oh, I'm so surprised you didn't catch that. I didn't that. catch that. I was like, I think I was reading the the body horror section pretty quickly because it is pretty gross at times. Um, lots of ripping and biting and fighting. Um, and vomiting blood. Vomiting blood. So it's like drinking blood and then barfing it back yes. up. Yes. Um, so at the end of the Jacob section, Bella has basically died or is dying, and Edward is like biting her and turning her into a vampire so that she doesn't like die forever. Well, because he does, he does like a Pulp Fiction thing, right, where he like injects vampire venom yes. directly into her heart. Correct, that's true. <laughs> to try and save her. Um, and at the end of this passage, Jacob, who is so mad at this baby for killing this girl that he loves so much oh how could this baby do it he's so mad and he turns around (laughs) and he sees the baby and he thinks everything that made me who i was my love for the dead girl upstairs my love for my father my loyalty to my new pack the love for my other brothers my hatred for my enemies my home my name myself disconnected from me in that second snip 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 and floated up into space i was not left drifting A new string held me where I was. Not one string, but a million. Not strings, but steel cables. A million steel cables all tying me to one thing, to the very center of the universe. A baby, Edward. (laughs) Baby! Edward's baby! He imprints on this baby girl who has the weirdest name. (sighs) Who has the weirdest name, and everybody takes advantage of... Bella being out of it for three days as she turns into a vampire to nickname her Nessie. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And everybody calls her Nessie, like even her own father, Edward, calls her Nessie. (laughs) And Bella gets really Bella gets really salty about it, even though it's objectively a dumb, weird name. Yeah. I I think Jacob calls it a mouthful. That's true. Charitably. It's it's a combination of Esme and Renee. It's Renesme, I believe. Renesme. Renesme. I believe Stephanie Meyer said, quote, well, I couldn't call her Jennifer or Ashley. What do you name? You call all the other vampires <laughs> Jennifer and Ashley. She looked through a lot of baby websites. Nothing got it. So she did the best she could. She also named Renesme so long ago that by the time the book came out, she didn't think it was weird. <laughs> I mean, that's like when they named it the we and then we that's all just true. Got we all used got used to it. it. That's true. Good point. I mean, ironically, the we also came from the Seattle area. In 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 twenty fourteen, one hundred thirty five American girls were given the name Renesme. Okay, and then there are twenty eight given the name Renesme M A E. Twenty four given the name Renesme with a Z, like Trent Reznor. I think those latter two groups of people only saw the film. They didn't read the book. (laughs) They've only heard it said out loud. But yeah, she uh, she she actually says I hate like I hate even alternate spellings of traditional names. Like I'm a traditional names person, 
but this was a one of a kind baby. And so I gave it a weird name, but in doing that, there are now like several hundred girls named Renesme. Look what you and did. Everyone is going to know. It's like that they're going to be playing with little Daenerys on the on the playground and everyone's going to know exactly what was happening when those kids were born. How many how many boys do you think have been named Gandalf? Probably not that many. Right? I hope not too many. I do work with somebody named Thorin. Whoa. As in Thorin Oakenshield. Whoa. Which is pretty, actually, it's pretty cool. Does he always come into meetings last? <laughs> like, Andrew's no, here, Steve's no. here, Robert's here, Thorin Oakenshield. Thorin's here, and my axe. Yeah, yes. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, back I to the I think if book. you name, it's like, it's like a boy okay. named Sue thing. Like, if you oh, name sure. somebody Thorin, they just have to be kind of cool. So That's true. That's, that's true. That's his deal. Um, back to Bella, who is now a vampire. Man, we're like halfway through this thing. We'll huh? get there. Don't worry. We're back in her brain, in her point of view. Um, some things that she is learning as she is now a vampire. So she is a newborn. There's like a section where she has to learn to control herself. She's kind of mad about the whole Nessie thing and the imprinting thing. But she is. She is actually livid at Jacob yes. about the imprinting yes. thing. Because the. So just as Jacob was feeling kind of inexorably drawn to her, she was feeling like she really needed him to be mm-hmm, beside her. Mm-hmm. And now that the baby's out of her, like this was all coming from Renesme. Yeah. And now that the baby's out of her, she just yeah, he, she is he is her friend. He's very important to her, but he's not ready. She's not ready for for Jacob to be like, "Hey, I'm going to like I'm going to do horrible things to your baby. <laughs> yeah. She's when, not ready to like, think about like, that. Yeah, like when they grow up. Not, I'm going to I'm going to do the nasty with your baby. That's why the imprinting thing is such a mess. It's so I bad. It's, it's just so I bad. don't like that they can do it to babies. Like there she should have Wouldn't come it have up have been so hard not to let them do it to babies. She should have come up with a thing that was like when people turn 18, their blood changes. And then yeah, can their be blood changes. They got hormones that make you imprint. Just come up with a way for nature to reflect like our society's loss. Please. You don't got to get all like Comet Pizza up in here with this oh imprinting God, stuff. No. Um, other things I didn't know that vampires could do, but now I do. Apparently, they have perfect memories. Um, that's not a thing I knew. They can see an eighth color, which is cool, I guess. Um, she doesn't have a word for it, but that's she looks at Edward that and feels he's, like a, he's yeah. prettier than he ever was before. And it's because she can see all eight colors of his face or something. I don't really know yeah, what that she means. She can now see the the new color. Rumple. Rumple. <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't feel cold to the touch anymore because she is cold to the touch also. So that's neat. Um. He, like, trains her to go running. They jump over a river like it's the Matrix. She, like, casually eats a lion. Um, it just... Are there a lot of wild lions in the Pacific <laughs> I Northwest? I guess I don't know. That the Cullens would have just killed them all, you know? I guess they meant, like, maybe they mean, like, mountain lion. Yeah, that's what that's what not she like means. A, not like a zoo lion. Not a, zoo, not a Mufasa. She's not just killing Mufasas. Um... This is a point in the book where Meyer has said in her FAQ that um, she is aware that they've she lost some of the relatability of the character at this point. Apparently, the relatability That's... of Bella 
is that she is a a klutz doofus with no self esteem, um, who is a waif nonsense person, and the fact that now she is good at things and immortal means that we cannot relate to her in any way, shape, or form. See, okay, so I this disagree. is actually this is what I liked about this book is. And we touched upon this a little bit earlier is I feel like it finally, finally, finally tries a little bit to justify how blank, boring, nothing Bella has been for three books. Okay. Um, As a human, I'd never been best at anything. I was okay at dealing with Renee, but probably lots of people could have done better. Phil seemed to be holding his own. I was a good student, but never the top of the class. Obviously, I could be counted out of anything athletic, not artistic or musical, no particular talents to brag of. Nobody ever gave away a trophy for reading books. Eh, Have you ever done Book It? I don't know. Maybe you got some pizzas. Let's go. Come on. After 18 years of mediocrity, I was pretty used to being average. I realized now that I'd long ago given up any aspirations of shining at anything. I just did the best with what I had, never quite fitting into my world. Um, so this really, this was really different. I was amazing now to them and to myself. It was like I had been born to be a vampire. The idea made me want to laugh, but it also made me want to sing. I had found my true place in the world, the place I fit, the place I shined. It is way, 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 way more relatable to portray somebody who's always felt out of place to find their place and to talk about what that feels like than to be what Bella was for three books. Yes, that's fair. That's totally fair. Because Vampire Bella, like, coming into her own, I was more into that than I was into, like, Bella's whole personality is, like, basically the answer to, like, when someone asks you what kind of music you like and you say anything but rap or country. (laughs) Like, that's Bella. Bella is the anything but rap or country of people. Oh, so she probably doesn't like that new Billy Ray Cyrus track is she what you're saying. She probably doesn't. And she was just she was just so boring and so nothing and whatever. And so finally, finally, finally you give her a personality and like a reason to exist. Sure. And people suddenly can't relate to her anymore. I guess it's just Well, like, the author not... explicitly <laughs> says she doesn't think she can relate to her anymore. And that I think is like to me, I didn't love the parts of this awakening that made her almost into like a chosen one. She it doesn't quite go that far. But the like the no one's ever been so good at this stuff. This I was not primed for this series to have that kind of trope in it. I do It's at least like they talk a little bit about about like each vampire's like intrinsic powers or whatever yes and bella has always been able to to block certain like special abilities of other vampires. special abilities yes. yeah like she she's got that special like shield ability that is more powerful and more versatile now but it was so powerful that she also had it while she was human and so there is a there is an element of like she was always supposed to be this way yes that the book actually the the books collectively even though it takes way too long, did a good job like establishing. Sure. I think. I, I don't know. I guess my I am I wish that the um 
the central interplay of her and like her thoughts being blocked from Edward had a better thematic payoff or at least was better explored. I see what you're saying about her as like her becoming a person who then has feels like she has a purpose after, you know, so many books of not feeling that Cause, way. Cause one of, one of our big things this whole time has been like, you're 17. You don't know what you want. Like, you know, you don't know yeah, yeah. who you want to be for the rest of your life. Like, it's just, it's weird that this, this, you meet this person and you decide to, to bet the farm on them and throw everything else away. And then this book, finally, they're like, well, yeah, maybe there is like a maybe there is a justification for this. Maybe there is a there's a supernatural something drawing you together and this is the way it's always supposed to be. Like it finally explains some of this sure. Yeah. This behavior where like Bella is ready to just wither away and die if Edward is not there and it Yeah, it it it, it I don't know. I do I just find myself wishing that the that the book explored the idea of like knowing another person's thoughts a little bit more from a thematic perspective. Cause I feel like because that's her big power or like being blocked from some of this stuff is her big power because it took so long to get here. I don't get other versions of like her on the flip side. Like I wish, I wish that we get a little bit more of that thematically, but we're jumping a little bit ahead because the reason that her having yeah, these... I think we, we got to jump ahead. Well, we will. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there pretty quickly, I think. So the, the reason that it's important that she have special powers is that we are gearing up for some sort of confrontation. So as we've said, she had this kid, Renesme, who is... Nessie. Can Nessie. we just do what everybody yes, else let's in just the call book her Nessie. does and call her Nessie? Um, and... She is a baby who can touch your face and put her thoughts in your head. Like that's her special power. Yeah, it's it's a combination appropriately, I guess. It's a combination of what Bella can do and what Edward can do. Yes. Because Edward can read your mind. Nessie can show you what her mind says. Bella can block you out. Nobody can block Nessie out. Yes, that's true. Um she it's I do like that there's at least one allusion to her basically just being a little kid yammering in your brain like she like grabs Bella's face and is like here's some birds I saw here's some stuff I ate <laughs> Carlisle was weird once like um which was totally fine uh there's a there's fear that the Volturi are coming because one of the vampires we talked about before Arena saw Nessie thought it was an immortal child and then ran off to tell the Italians. Right. Because of the thing we established before about how bad it is to have vampires who are in their terrible twos forever. Yes. <laughs> and they're just they're they're gonna blow up the vampire secret, which is the Volturi's whole like mode of controlling other vampires. And so before we get to that big conflict, Jacob does a thing which I think is really dumb where he brings Charlie in on a like need to know basis where he turns into a werewolf right in front of him. <laughs> and it's like, listen, dude, some weird stuff's going on. Don't ask too many questions, but you have a grandkid now. I found the Charlie thing to be actually really unsatisfied. Like that Very was the unsatisfying. part of the book that I was the least satisfied by is he's basically in there. So like Bella doesn't have to feel bad about the, the inherently selfish yes. thing that she did. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
if this um, were two books, we would get more of Charlie, I would think. If this were like split, we would get more. If it were split like at the birth, right? And maybe this is how it does in the movies. I don't know. I feel like you would flesh out this Charlie stuff well, a bit then there's more. A whole, there's a whole... Renee, her mother, gets a whole paragraph where it's like, <laughs> well, it's good that we have not talked that much over the last two years because she's just not strong enough to know. So I guess her mom just never gets to know. Yeah. What? Very bizarre. Very. Ch- Charlie apparently is strong enough. And I would also... I, I feel like in this climactic final confrontation where... The entire thing is about whether humans are allowed to know about the supernatural beings. Yes. The fact that some human yes. like five miles away knows Correct. never comes up. Like, what are you talking yep. about? Um, so anyway, so like, oh, man, the Volturi okay. are coming. We know they're coming. Alice. And just like happens in the last 25% of every one of these books, <laughs> suddenly the Italian vampire mafia is here to ratchet the tension up. Uh, Alice can see the future, so she knows that they're coming. She leaves town and doesn't really give anybody t- too much information. She just says, like, rally all the vampires you can, try to convince them to change their minds, but I gotta leave. Of course, we know from the previous books, if you remember them, I certainly didn't, that the oldest one, Arrow, is like a collector of vampires with special talents. So, like, he wants Edward for his mind-reading abilities. He wants Alice because she can read the future. He seems to have a little rivalry with Carlisle because Carlisle's carved out this other way of living that might be, like, attractive to other vampires. Well, and even among other groups of vampires that run together, Carlisle's is more of a family. Like, it is a much closer-knit group. Yes. Than anything else that So we get just a cavalcade of new vampires. It reminds me of in the Transformers animated movie when (laughs) they killed all of the original Autobots and introduced a bunch of new robots to sell you more toys. So we get like, there's some Irish vampires. There are some Egyptian vampires, one of whom is named Benjamin, who has like legit earth moving powers. Yeah, he is actually a a like an Earth mage, a full on yeah X man. Yeah, um, there's some Amazons. One of whom is named Zafrina, who can create illusions for like personal illusions. And there's a she can make you your own little holodeck. Yes, which there's even a little bit where she befriends Nessie, and like. Bella has to limit Nessie's screen time with Sabrina because she <laughs> wants to like see the pretty pictures too much. Um, Let me do. There, there is a vampire index in this book. Did you go back to the vampire just, index? Wait a second. So we get nomads. Okay. We get Kate the Zapper from Denali. We get Elazar who can discern other vampire talents. We get some Romanian, Romanian Statler and Waldorf who were in a fight with the Italians and are like just excited to maybe fight them one day. Do you mean Stefan and Vladimir? Yes. And Jacob is like, oh man, there's so many vampires. I wish I had a vampire index to keep track of them. And Stephanie Meyer is just like, hey, hey, what's up? It made me so mad. I threw my Kindle at the couch. <laughs> My <laughs> that he I've always I've always been upset about just like the normal names that all these <laughs> Kate the Vampire, Tanya the Vampire, Benjamin the Vampire, Maggie the Vampire, Edward the Vampire, 
at least Marcus the Vampire. Well, but it's like Caius and Marcus. Felix, Ugh. Felix the Vampire. Yeah, Jane the Vampire. Sure, Peter the Vampire. There are others that are not as conventional. It also says the American Nomads partial. Like, why are you even giving me this index if it's not going to be comprehensive? That's true. Stephanie Meyer. So they all have their own X Man powers. Um, the most important ones being Benjamin, the Earth Mover, and Zafrina, the human net, the vampire Netflix, um, and the the plan. Their powers. <laughs> like, hey, you are you are actually an elemental mage, and like, hey, you can make people see trees that aren't there, secret trees, secret trees <laughs> that the algorithm has generated for you. Um, and we we are preparing for this conflict, but Carlisle is insisting that, hey, we really just need you all to bear witness to Nessie. We need you to admit and tell the Volturi when they arrive that she does have a beating heart. She is growing. She's not an immortal evil child. Yeah, they're, they're trying to amass a big enough group in case it comes to blows yes. that, you know, they could they could mount a... They want to seem formidable enough that the Volturi will pause, and in that pause, they can explain what Renesmee actually is. Yes. That's the whole gambit. Along, while this is happening, Bella does two things. She is learning that she has, like, Jean Grey mind shield powers that not only affect her, but that she can extend it to other people to protect them from vampire superpowers. Um, it's like sort of like a force field thing that she can like wrap around people and expend, extend like a bubble at times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, she also learns there's like a whole weird subplot where Alice leaves her clues. Like we said on the merchant of Venice book page to like track down a dude in a bad neighborhood in Seattle to get you can get Jacob and, and Nessie fake IDs so they can run away yes. in, in case things go wrong. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like whatever. This whole plot is whatever. That part is very bizarre. She she has to cook up a scheme to get away from Edward where she's like, "Oh, I went to buy Nessie Christmas presents. I got her this locket." And he's like, "Cool, I got her an MP3 player. Merry Christmas." I got her an MP3 player that is not branded in any way. It's definitely a Zoom. They they have so much money. Yeah, it's and fed. <laughs> I took note because <laughs> um, Bella is basically planning a bug out bag for Nessie and yes. Jacob, and she says, "Then I raided their petty cash, taking about twice the yearly income for the average American household." Yeah, that's a way somebody would say that. <laughs> yeah, that's not a way you wouldn't. Would say you that. could just say you could just like go full Doctor Evil, say one million dollars. Yeah, what is that about? But but twice the twice the yearly income <laughs> when the... adjusted for inflation for the average American household in in because the Pacific the Northwest Fed is gonna rate they're gonna raise interest rates again, and we just gotta be mindful. It's a bear market. <laughs> Things are just going to well, go this wrong. This book was written before the financial crisis, so maybe we're thinking about Lehman Brothers were still around. Mm -hmm. They had not been eaten by the Volturi yet. Um, <laughs> That's what happened. So uh, Alice is still gone. The, the big showdown happens. It become it's snowy day. The Volturi show up. 
There are like 20 good vampires and the werewolves. There are like 30 or 40 bad vampires. There's like a chorus of anonymous vampires hanging out in the trees to see yeah, what the happens. Vult- the Volturi have also brought witnesses. Yes. Because there is one like wake up sheeple vampire <laughs> who says that the Volturi. This is Garrett, they- I think, who's an American revolutionary. Who it's died. him, and then also like Alistair, the weird one who just hides, hangs out in the attic, right? He runs away before the showdown happens, but right? Yes. But like he he has planted these seeds before. Everybody just talks about Garrett like being a revolutionary <laughs> all the time. Like he's so, still wearing his like militiaman outfit like or something. Every, everybody's always talking about redcoats. Like, hey, it's been like two hundred fifty years. <laughs> You wonder if Garrett's um, just like, I knew Sam Adams. Come on. Yeah, sure. Sons did, of Liberty, but... let's go. Mm. Um But so, so like maybe yeah, so, we're so, gonna so there's this, this the idea. Yeah, there's the seed that's been planted where, yeah, the Volturi have set themselves up as like team vampire world police, but they are it's it's a self serving thing because this dude just wants to collect unique vampires and do more to like solidify his own power he wants to make it so that other groups of vampires can't threaten him and so he's going to start with that goal and then work backwards to a justification yes they refer to it as white hatting which is like a hacker term and once again it comes back to computers they refer like he's got some white hat belief system that he's like doing bad stuff for good reasons i guess very messy. Um, mm-hmm. This whole thing is like mostly a stand down in this in the clearing that was where they played baseball in the first book. You mean stand um, off? This, yes. And they do stand down later, but yes, that's a spoiler. Um, Just spoiled it. And th- it's like a, they work through like this kangaroo court of like what is happening where like they see that she's not a danger. Nessie is. And so they just torch arena and kill her. As like punishment, yeah, trying trying to provoke her like vampire sisters into a fight, yes, into a fight, which then will turn into a bigger fight, which will justify the destruction of the entire like Colin crew, yes, and all their hangers on. That doesn't happen. They do kind of stop that, um, partly because. So this is this is so <laughs> strange. This is, <laughs> so there's there's this contrivance because Edward can read everybody's mind but Bella's, and so Bella has. A vault, like a Seinfeld style vault. Yep. Where she keeps secrets. Yep. So only Bella knows about the plot to secret away Jacob and, and Nessie. Yep. And then when, like, while this meeting is happening, Bella discovers a bunch of like really convenient, cool stuff that her mind shield can do. Correct. Yes. And because she figures it out in this like 15 minute window, Edward doesn't know about it. And so the mind reading main evil vampire cannot like collect enough information about it. Yes. Yes. And you're so right. That's, you're like, right. That's you're right. the element of surprise. It's, it's a, it's a weird thing. There's this whole section of that chapter where Bella is like, oh, now I can just like I can shape my mind force field <laughs> like it, it goes way far, 
and it can wrap around anybody. She's basically like a kid on a playground, like making up the rules to a game as she so this goes is, along. So when you said earlier that like you liked the 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 payoff of like Bella finding a purpose and being good at stuff, this is the part that soured that for me, where I was just like, this is yeah. a little much. It's not earned. Like it's just kind of like happening. And again, I don't feel like it plays into other thematic parts of the story. It's yeah, I guess the the thematic payoff for the for the mind control thing is like earlier when they're first talking about how this shield can be extended or moved or whatever is it can be moved away from Bella's yes. own mind yes. to That's like the remove thing. the protection from her. And so there is a moment at the end that is almost sweet <laughs> uh-huh. where. Edward finally gets to like read Bella's mind and all the stuff she's been telling him this whole time about like how she feels about him and how much she cares about him. Yeah. Finally he can. And I get, if you put yourself in the shoes of somebody who can read minds and like, you never have to doubt anybody's true motives Mm -hmm. ever because you know what their motives are. But there's this one person who you're not a hundred percent sure about. And then you finally get to be sure in the way that you are about everybody else. Like that's, I think that's pretty good payoff. Well, and it would change how uh, an underexplored part of this series, which maybe we would get from like a POV chapter from Edward is like, what, what has he learned about behavior by, by not having to read physical cues all the time or like having more information than the rest of us do when we read physical cues of people or like listen to intonation because he has better information than we do. It would really shape. I tell you what, the, all the stuff that the vampires tell Bella about how to pretend to be a human is, pretty is good. my favorite. Oh, stuff. I have the list. Really I have the list. Like ja- Jasper or Emmett or somebody's like, you got to blink at least three times a minute. You have to remember. You have to remember to sit. You have to let your eyes wander. You can't move too fast. You have to like you have to shift your weight. You, like you can't. Yeah. You have to fake breathing sometimes. But yeah, the one where you have to blink three times a minute is pretty good. Yeah, the the one it's you don't you have to move your shoulders as though you're breathing, but don't actually breathe because then you will get the human scent and it will give you the bloodlust. So good. I did like that all very. That much. stuff is pretty fun. So we're we're on the battlefield. Bella has all of her special powers now, and we reach a point where Arrow, the the lead evil vampire, is just like, listen, we they didn't commit a crime. They didn't commit no vampire crime, but we don't know what's going to happen with this little girl. She might blow up the whole thing and expose all of us. And he goes on this like rant that I thought I was like not prepared for. How ironic it is that as the humans advance, as their faith in science grows and controls their world, the more free we are from discovery. Yet, as we become ever more uninhibited by their disbelief in the supernatural, they become strong enough in their technologies that if they wished, they could actually pose a threat to us, even destroy some of us. For thousands and thousands of years, our secrecy has been more a matter of convenience, of ease, than of actual safety. This last raw, angry century has given birth to weapons of such power that they endanger even immortals now our status as mere myth and truth protects us from these weak creatures we hunt so like nukes are a problem from his perspective i guess i mean i guess a vampire could a vampire get nukes i want to know if vampires care about climate change i want to know what vampires did in world war ii i want to know if a vampire has ever been to space 
I feel like if you had written this book after uh, you saw the movie The Social Network, that vampires would probably be in charge of Facebook um if they aren't already like you would you would have to wrestle with the fact that vampires would probably just take over silicon valley to be honest um yeah because so that they could track like humans somebody ever if somebody ever saw your sparkle skin you would just say that it was like a new an instagram filter yes (laughs) it didn't really happen it was a new like google glass thing that i did to your brain Yeah, augmented reality. That's what it is. So don't worry about it. This is his justification for like we're gonna kill these guys because we can't. And like the vampires in the in the forest are like, "Mm, I don't know about that. And then Deus Ex Machina, Alice shows up. Yeah, Deus Alice Machina. Alice shows up. She has brought a hot teen from South America who also happens to be a vampire human hybrid who's like 150 years old. So we know he's totally cool. Yeah, so because it comes down, it comes down to a vote between the the, the three, the three yes. dudes on the evil vampire council, <laughs> and it's it's Marcus, Caius, and Arrow. Yes, and Caius is totally boned to kill all everybody. Yep, Arrow is Marcus doesn't power want hungry. To. Marcus doesn't want to. And actually, on the frequently asked questions thing, there's this whole thing about Marcus's wife. Where is that from in the books? Who, Anywhere? It's not well. So in the okay, so in the Vampire Index. Oh my god! If you look at in the Volturi section, Marcus is married to this person who's I don't not going to pronounce that, but their name is crossed out, which means that they're killed. Okay. And so I don't know if it's mentioned in the text, but it is mentioned in the Vampire Index. Great. And it turns out that like her vampire power was making everybody happy. But now and she's she, dead. And she married Marcus because they were both they were both so happy together, but it was more important to Arrow to have Marcus's powers than to have his own sister's power. So he like killed his own sister. So it's very sad. And also it's like a footnote in a frequently asked <laughs> questions blog post. Cool. Man, so anyway, so so he he's like he's vote, really yeah. sad, but you don't know why. And then Arrow is like the deciding guy. He's the deciding guy, and you get you've been led to believe through the whole book that he is going to cast. He is going to act in whatever way is most like expedient for him. Yes, I guess. And what it comes down to, their their final argument is. If we, if only we knew what would what would become of this child in the future, we could let it live. We wouldn't have to worry about it. And then Alice sweeps in and is like, "Well, actually, here is one who's been alive for 150 years and is fine." And like, yeah, he did like kill his mom in childbirth, and then while a baby, bit his aunt and turned her into a vampire. But and maybe his dad is still alive in Brazil having sex with people making super vampires. We should deal with that at some point. Um, but he's cool, so we're fine. And Arrow is like, all right, so we'll leave. We'll leave you here, Carlisle. Good to see you. Maybe we'll be friends again. It's also it's it is implied that the other vampires saw this and were like, oh, I don't know. And the Volturi don't want to, like, explicitly lose control. So they, like, back off because they are actually outnumbered. Well, and it's spelled out, like, they have have a lot of, the Volturi have a lot of vampires whose special powers are are tailored toward dividing and conquering, essentially. Yes, 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 yes. Um, 
and because of Bella's super shield, mm-hmm. none of none of those things are working. So it just becomes basically a, a you know a slugfest. You're just kind of slugging it out. Yes. And the Volturi have not been in a fair fight in a very long time, and so they choose to back off. Sure, essentially, and that's so. That's the chess metaphor, I guess. Is it's very it's very cerebral. They just they just think and talk their way out of the problem rather than fighting. Yeah, actually, I read this as a whether it was intended this way or not. I read this as a dig on the last Harry Potter book. Actually, oh. Uh, where Meyer says, I'm not the kind of person who writes a Hamlet ending. If the fight had happened, it would have ended with 90% of the combatants, Colin and Volturi alike, destroyed. There was simply no other outcome once the fight got started, given the abilities and numbers of the opposing sides, because I would never finish Bella's story on such a downer. Everybody dies. I knew that the real battle would be mental. And so the Harry Potter books end with this big climactic fight where multiple characters who you have known and gotten to love through all seven books are basically listed as among the dead. Mm. <laughs> like there's, they, they don't get a big, they don't get a big send off. It's just this big battle. And what happens in a big battle is that like people just randomly bite it. Some, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes your plot armor just falls off yeah. and you get killed. Yeah. And Meyer says no. explicitly, like I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And I think that's valid. I, yeah, it's an it's because an interesting people, choice. People were upset at J.K. Rowling about that. Sure, I think there are. It, it didn't it didn't seem like there was there was no thematic reason for all those people to die, except mm. for it to be like, oh, aren't you sad that your favorite character died? Yeah, the cost. The and it's like not as much an effective deployment of like, oh, the cost of war because she spent all the time making you care about these people. Um, yeah, this this wrapped up fine. I thought I didn't hate it. I thought that, and this is backed up by something that Meyer herself says on her. Like she she says, you know, if if I had, she was talking about the the controversy around Breaking Dawn, and she says if I had it to write again, I would do. I would I would write exactly the same story. I would just write it better. <laughs> yeah, and I I do think that this book is the most competently and confidently written of all four of them. Like there were, there were fewer times I thought, I mean, aside from the like two years of the average American income thing, like I thought there's still that mostly it was mostly, it was actually pretty well written. There's still busted stuff in this book. So there, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. She at one point refers I just, I to spent, Edward's I, eyes as oh. buttery burning gold. He's got butter eyes. At one point, Listen, I love I love butter. At eyes. one point, Jacob after Jacob uh, tells Charlie like he spills the beans to Charlie, and then they're like waiting for Charlie to show up, and Edward's like, "Don't you understand how this could hurt Bella?" Like Jacob literally goes, "Hurt Bella?" Like burp. There's just, <laughs> there's just oh there, there's oh. a thing toward there's a thing toward the end. There's this whole thing about how the werewolves aren't actually werewolves; they're shapeshifters. Yes, they could they're, have been anything. They're, dis- they're distinct from the werewolves that everybody hates, and this is like a this is a major plot point in the like final confrontation because all the werewolves are there, and. 
the Collins knew this. <laughs> and Bella said, Bella says, and you never mentioned this because it never came up. That's not how you do a book. That's not how you do a book. That's not how you do a book. You know what else how you don't do a book? When How else don't you do a book? When Jacob is about to run away with Nessie because they think that the fight's going to go bad. And Edward looks at Jacob and goes, goodbye, Jacob, my brother, my son. Man, no. <laughs> Come on. My brother, my son. I mean, J- Edward is 100 years old and Jacob is 20 years old or 18 years yes. old or however old he is. My brother, my son. My brother, my son. So, so okay. What my do I. Son. I also do want to know, like, how and why vampires, like, get and stay buff. That's still unexplained to me. Um, just, the. The plot stuff is not always built on solid ground. I'm just saying, I thought the writing in this book was not as bad as past books. Sure. And I also think that this book um, gets... And you get, I think you get the, the POV thing is a prime yes. example of that. Like yes. Meyer is stretching her muscles a little bit and doing some pretty satisfying world building. Like... When you are in Jacob's head, the gross stuff that Jacob does, I think, comes off as more convincingly like teenagery mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. it did in than it did in Eclipse. Correct. I be- I buy that. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I also think that this book, the other books, I don't really think had themes. <laughs> Didn't you see the covers? <laughs> I mean, maybe the, the themes: the- apples, <laughs> moons. Different kind of moon. The theme of like, <laughs> you like saving yourself for marriage and vampires and sex, like that was sort of a theme. I think this one explicitly is about like breaking from old traditions and being trailblazers against like common wisdom. So like the whole like multiple and, and entrenched power and yeah. So like stuff. the and that's on and that's in a couple different characters, right? It's like Bella is forging a new path. Her daughter is forging a new path. Jacob creates the whole second pack structure, which no one knew about. The Cullens are actually recognized as being like different from other vampires in a in a good way that could maybe like just be beyond the way they choose to eat. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's a tension. I think I'm. I will always be dissatisfied with in these books is that like for the lar- for a big part of them, they are very small scale in what is going on. The more interesting stuff is the macro stuff for me. I think that's kind of what we've been talking about, the world building stuff. Yeah, yeah, And she is, for large portions of these novels, just uninterested in that. And I think it holds it back. It, like, keeps it... Is it a romance story or is it a fantasy story? And it is, like, both in a way that I think keeps it from being the best version of either. Like... Because of the vampire mafia, it begs a bunch of questions that the romance story isn't interested in. Uh, well, and and when she's when she's thinking about romance novels, she's thinking about like romance. Yeah, novels, yeah, which is which is a genre of book in which people went to like balls and stood on the other sides of rooms from each other and like talked about each other, and that was the plot of the book <laughs> and i i have come to appreciate that style like the the um the bronte sort of oh i was the, i was archetype sure 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 
I was even thinking um, of like modern romance of just like unrequited love up until it's requited. No, but, like she she Meyer is is clearly taking a lot of cues from like Austin. You're right. From yes, the, she from is from the Bronte books and stuff. And I I've come around on that genre since 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 we started doing this podcast basically. Yeah, yeah. But it does lead to especially when it's sort of ham fisted. It does lead to a lot of things that are just like people moping about other people. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't. And especially if you're doing it in a fantasy setting it does not make for the most satisfying prose i don't think nope 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 nope. but that's the book those are the books them's the books them's the vampire books we don't know what oh man there's Uh one other thing Uh oh Uh oh so we talked about what human on vampire sex is like. Uh-huh. I just wanted real quick. I just, I don't want to let this pass by. When mm-hmm. Bella and Edward are finally vampires uh-huh. and they start to have sex with each other, Bella is like, it doesn't, like, we're never going to get tired. Yes, that's a weird moment. It's never going to stop. It, it's, it's a weird moment. And also, just think about <laughs> think about the fan fiction that you just did. Yes, when you said vampires have infinite stamina and they never need to sleep, they never need to eat, they never need to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. They can just do it forever for infinity. Yeah, they don't even need to. They don't need to sleep. They could do it for, there's a part where Edward brags about how he can do so much cool stuff like he's the best at fighting and he knows guitars and he can speak all these different languages because he hasn't had sex with anyone as a vampire and all his brothers that, I, I didn't think that's what he meant I thought that I thought he just meant that he didn't sleep I think it's because his other people that he is in that he is related to have partners and they spend time together and are interested in each other it is the episode of seinfeld where george becomes a genius because he stops having sex edward (laughs) is a genius because he spent like a hundred years not boning and now what's gonna happen cassandra um i do as somebody who tries to live my life as though i don't need to sleep Uh uh-huh do you want to be a vampire is that what you're saying? I do. Yeah, I do kind of. There'd be so many more hours in the day. I kind of want to be a werewolf. If not only, well, I think that you and I would like Craig, my brother, my son. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I didn't have to sleep, I could do all the stuff I wanted yeah. to do. I would like to run fast and break out of my pants when I needed to turn into a wolf. <laughs> I am also extremely online, so I could be on Wolfline all the time. You could be on the Wolfie Net. Yeah. Come to my Wolfnet oh my page. I have a hit counter at the bottom, it's... and I coded my own chat room. JavaScript. Man, we read a bunch uh, of Twilight books. Um, we sh- assuredly. I'm, just, I'm glad that there. Are... People are going to ask, oh, hey, are you going to read the gender swap, whatever, whatever? Oh, no, we're not. no, shut up. We're Just like gonna. we're never going to read Grey. We're not going to do it. Stop it. Stop we'll it. We'll come up with something else to do instead. I, I like, it seems like you, I'm glad you mentioned the fan fiction thing about the sex part because I feel like at this book's, 
I feel like at that's the first time anybody's ever said that particular <laughs> those words in that order. I feel like so at like... this book's worst, it feels like fan fiction for the series she wrote, and at its best, it is her hitting her stride in terms of building the world for the series she wrote. Sure, and to be inside this book is to just like let it wash over you like vampire venom, and just like like come I out said, it's side. like freezing to death. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let us know what you thought about our take on the whole series um, and this book in particular. Hit us up with an email at overduepod at gmail.com or twitter.com slash overduepod, facebook.com slash overduepod. A lot of folks reaching out in anticipation of this episode, including Toby, Cheryl, Brittany, Kaylee, Annie, Kate, Jennifer, Stephen, Amy, Chris, Jamie, Rebecca, um, and Anna, who shared with us on Facebook that she went on a date with a guy to see the premiere of Breaking Dawn. Um, His whole family went with them. It was deeply uncomfortable. I sat between him and his aunt before the film. The theater had us fill out a survey on why we came to the movie. The sex scene was a box you could check. Oh man, I love our Facebook friends, Andrew. If They're so good, folks want to know more. All of about, our listeners are very good, if, except for the bad ones. But most of them are good, <laughs> just like the twi- the Twilight books are good, except for the bad ones. If folks want to know more about the show, where should they go? They can go to overduepodcast.com. That's our internet website where we have links to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and our RSS feed. Subscribe, review us. You know you want to. Uh, we also have a Patreon page that's patreon.com slash overdue pod. Support us financially. Get episodes of our show within a show. Stop Homer time before anybody else. Limited time exclusive offer. Yep. What are you reading next week? Uh, next week, I'm going to be reading Middlemarch by George Eliot. It's kind of see the, the ironic thing is it's going to be in the middle of April. Oh, that is a funny it, joke. Why don't, you, why don't you call it middle April, you know? <laughs> George Elliott, come on, come on. George. <laughs> Will you sleep on a job, George? That's it. Um, That's what we got. Yeah, we did it. We did all the Twilights. We did it. Don't be sad because it's over. Be happy because it happened. That's what I always say. That's what I always say. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our garbage nonsense. And until we talk to you next week, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.